Union fan, Philly Union, baby. I'm pumping the Philly Union. Uh, just want to give a shout out to those guys, my brother uh, as well, and, and the work that they've put in over there. Um, the best, the best team in the uh, in the MLS, and I think it's been uh, four years running now in terms of their win record and, and how many games they've won and sustained success. And Coach Curtin and uh, getting named Coach of the Year. Um, they play in the uh, in the uh, MLS Cup this weekend, so Saturday night, tune in. Live and underway here on ESPN Plus alongside Hercules Gomez. I'm Sebastian Salazar. Herc, how about that? They may not know the union in Philly, but they know them in Buffalo. That's Sean McDermott right. with the big shout out. They there. know them in Buffalo. He just doesn't know what time they play, but they know them mm. in Buffalo. <laughs> Uh, Sean McDermott, of course, the head coach of the very successful Buffalo Bills of the NFL. For those who don't know, uh, his brother is Tim McDermott, who's the president of the union front office. uh, Thus, the connection right there. Herc, we got plenty more on MLS Cup, which, of course, features the union and LAFC throughout uh, this show. You were very busy today at MLS Cup Media Day talking to all sorts of folks. We're going to have interviews with both head coaches uh, as well as Andre Blake. And Kellen Acosta, so some of the protagonists uh, from the big game on Saturday. We've also got uh, an interesting story, Herc. The Mexican Federation apparently, allegedly, begging Carlos Vela for a return just before the World Cup. Plenty more on that later in the show. We also have some quotes from Tata Martino. Potential shots fired at Major League Soccer and... One of his biggest stars on L3. We also have the latest on the U.S. men's national team roster drop announcement. That is next Wednesday, November 9th, live on ESPN2. But let's start, uh, as we mentioned, Herc, with Major League Soccer's title game, MLS Cup going down in Los Angeles this weekend. Philadelphia Union, LAFC, game Saturday at Bank of California Stadium. Ticket prices soaring, over 500 bucks for the cheapest seat in the house. First MLS Cup for both franchises, as well as LAFC manager Steve Chirundolo. The 43-year-old in his first season with LAFC took him to the Supporter Shield and set an MLS record for most wins as a first-year head coach with 21. Earlier today, he and her caught up at MLS Cup Media Day. Steve, thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me. All right, let's talk LAFC. Hot start, late wobble, uh, first year as a head coach in MLS. How did that test you? Um, Yeah, I think it was... The good start was maybe stretched into three quarters of the season. I think we had uh, a couple of weeks, two weeks, where we made some roster changes and uh, had some getting used to each other once again. And um, anytime you make changes, um, priorities change, responsibilities change, clicks change. It took us two weeks to get through that. Uh, we came out, uh, I think, a better team in the end. Is it just down to the chemistry? Because I believe towards the end of the season, you guys had lost five of nine. Um, is it just the chemistry, just getting used to each other, just getting accustomed and holding each other accountable type of thing? No, I think if you go back and look at each individual loss, you'll see there are reasons why you lose games. There were some unlucky, there were some, my opinion, of, uh, that's my prerogative as a coach, poor officiating, uh, <laughs> or decisions that didn't go our way. Um, but um, I, I don't think it has to do much with chemistry. I think maybe one or two games uh, for sure. We rotated a lot as well that stage of the season. But I think if you look at the entire season as one, and our objective was uh, to win the Supporters' Shield, that worked out okay. If if I'm a player, 
in any roster and things are going well and we start bringing other players in um, and there's a shakeup. I'm asking myself, why the shakeup? I mean, Gareth Bell, huge name. Giorgio Chiellini, huge name. Tell you, these players, like, but why the need for a shakeup? Well, we're always striving to be better and um, looking towards next season as well. And there are opportunities on the transfer market that, that come about and you you either do it or you don't. And uh, in order to do certain things, you have to make changes. And so we all felt very positive about those opportunities at LAFC. Um, what that brings us not only this season, but also next season. And uh, we decided to do it. You guys are a very good team at home, Steve. Um, talk to me about hosting MLS Cup and what that means. Um, there's a few more activities this week. Uh, but. We love playing at the bank. Um, our fans will be there in full force. Um, and I am so, so happy we can give something back to them because they have been amazing over the past five years. And uh, to give them this final uh, means everything. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but do you like the current playoff format? Because there's talk about changing the format, a World Cup style, groups, uh, maybe not just this home field advantage one game. Do you like the current setup? What are your thoughts on the potential being discussed of changing things up? Um, I'd be always open to change, for sure. Um, but it's the only format I do know. And so whether I like it or I don't like it, I don't really have anything to base my uh, opinion off of. Uh, we accepted the challenge. I think if you see the regular season as one competition, postseason as a completely different competition, um, then you can be successful. Why is that so difficult to see just one competition and then jump into it? Very much like a World Cup. It's, it's three weeks you need to be on form or in form and uh, you need to be healthy. And uh, if you are in one game, not healthy, have a poor performance, your cup's over. Well, you know more about that than me. You did three World Cups. All right, uh, MLS Cup. Let's get back on MLS Cup. Does LAFC have to win MLS Cup for this season to be considered a success? No, absolutely not. Why not? Well, I think we are Supporters Shield champion. That is a title. Mm -hmm. um, I think we in a year after not making the playoffs have made uh, great strides um, played very good football um, and are set setting ourselves up also for next year and the year after so um, would it be great to win saturday absolutely uh, and i would love nothing more for la and our fans but um, i don't think it's fair because you don't win one game to say it wasn't a successful season let's talk about the opponent Philly's a very good team, very well coached, plenty of dangerous players, but I want to focus on maybe somebody that's in the front office. Tanner Ernst, he insinuated that you guys cheated um, during the season to sign players like Gareth Bell, Chiellini. Um, just your overall impressions of that. Well, I'm pretty sure the league took care of that and sanctioned him, um, and so there's really no need for me to comment on it. Uh, it's very clear, the rules are very clear um, that we're within the boundaries, and uh, you know, I'll leave that between Ernst and uh, our GM and our owners. Steve, uh, really quickly, let's shift to CONCACAF Champions League. Um, you're already going to the CONCACAF Champions League. This team has experience in the CONCACAF Champions League, made a final, lost to Tigres. Uh, is that something circled for you? Absolutely. Uh, any competition we play and we want to win, and um, the Champions League competition is, is a very, very uh, interesting one. One that I think, uh, you know, we'll see what happens with our roster in the offseason, but certainly it's on our minds already, and so we one we want to play a very important role of. All right, last question, World Cup. We're seeing a lot of players pick up injuries. This congested schedule. How do you think that's going to affect the World Cup, or maybe the mindset of the player going into the World Cup? 
Um, it will affect the World Cup. Um, as, I, as I mentioned before, in order to have a successful tournament, you need to be healthy, you need to be in form. Uh, in order to do that, you have to play. And, um, you know, I think that the EPL finishes up in a week, mm -hmm. and then they're playing in a World Cup uh, 10 days later, which uh, can be scary for some and for some head coaches who are taking their teams to Qatar. Um, but if you can separate all of the factors and all of the music and just kind of put it aside, I think you'll still see some good performances and well, good teams. Steve, congratulations on an amazing first season as the head coach, LAFC, and good luck. Thank you. As Herc mentions, first year with LAFC, Steve Tarandolo. Before this, just 30 games in USL with the Las Vegas Lights. That was all of his first team head coaching experience. There were definitely those who questioned this hire. Big club like LAFC. Herc, what do you think? Has Steve Tarandolo done enough in year one to prove he deserves this job? Steve Chirundolo? Yes. This is okay. one of those, see, si, pero no. Like Steve <laughs> Chirundolo? Yes. First year coach, wins the Supporter Shield, is in the MLS Cup final versus the second best team. Yes, you've done enough yep. to merit a second opportunity. Don't lie, opportunity. you're surprised by this, right? No. You're surprised that he's had this much success. First year. No, hold on, hold on. But no, if you're LAFC. When I asked him if they lose... MLS Cup, is it a successful season? Mm -hmm. He said, yes, I don't agree. Mm -hmm. Because you're LAFC and you aspire to be the premier league in, or premier team, excuse me, in this league, in Major League Soccer, this super club. You aspire to be the best. You also happen to be competing for Los Angeles against a team that for many years was the cream of the crop, not only in Los Angeles, but in Major League Soccer who holds five mm -hmm. titles. So if you want to aspire to all those things while in Los Angeles, and you have to remember, Los Angeles only likes a winner. Mm. They only remember the winners. Steve Chirundolo, has he done enough? Yes. Yeah. First year coach, yes. Has LAFC? No. Uh, I'm with you in disagreeing with Steve Chirundolo on the fact that, that this season could be called a success without MLS Cup, right? Especially if you were to lose MLS Cup at home after being the Supporter Shield winners. I, I understand why he says what he says, but I disagree with it. He's definitely done enough, Herc, and I yeah. gotta say... Um, I was one of those, if not not like a hater, but a doubter. You? I thought Steve Chirondolo had a very thin resume for a big job like LAFC, especially considering the guy who had just left, Bob it's Bradley, true. who had a huge resume, right, when they, when they brought him to, to launch that program. I'm looking at it here. 32 games with Las Vegas. He had lost 23. Like, there was no track record of success for him, uh, and yet he showed up and, and certainly did enough in year one. I also agree with you here. I think the pressure here is squarely on the front office. It's on the owners. If you want to put a name to it, it's John Thorrington, right? Ooh. The people who went out, and, and even though this team was number one in the Supporter Shield race, went out and got a bail, a Chiellini, and, and maybe made a little bit of a mess that Torundolo eventually had to sort out. Um, and rebalance, and clearly he's found that balance here, Herc, in the playoffs. They obviously wobbled after they brought those guys in, but if there's, if there's title or bust pressure, it doesn't belong to Torundolo. It belongs to the front office, doesn't it? Absolutely. You go out and you spend $10 million in salary in midseason acquisitions when you didn't have to. Listen, as a coach, you always want to get better, and what are you going to say if you have the possibility of mm. bringing in a Gareth Bell? You bring in a Gareth Bell with the hopes that he could be much more than he has for you. That's a reality. Uh, uh, Giorgio Chiellini for the hopes that if you need him, because that was the case, he can be there and be productive for you, which was the case against Austin FC in the first 45 where he was a monster. But certainly I agree with you. It seems like Steve Chirondolo had to clean up that mess towards the end of the season and right in that ship. So who knows? 
if Gareth Bell is 100% uh, fit and ready, Citroen only have a, a massive choice ahead of him because you've got a team that's flying on all cylinders and a Poco coming off the bench who's doing extremely well. What are you going to do? Uh, now, Hark, you were teammates with Steve Chirundolo at one point. Were you ever teammates with Jim Curtin? No, played against each other. Okay, okay, so not teammates, but rivals. Um, Jim Curtin heading into his fourth final uh, with Philadelphia. He lost the first three. They were all Open Cup finals, though, the last in 2018. He is the 2022 Siggy Schmidt MLS Coach of the Year. He took the union to the number one seed in the Eastern Conference this season. They were Supporter Shield winners back in 2020. He's been in charge of Philadelphia since way back in June of 2014. Here's his chat with Herc from earlier today. Jim, thanks for being with us. Thanks so much for having me, Herc. All right. Very successful year, obviously. Um, goalkeeper of the year candidates, yeah. goalkeeper of the year, defender of the year. Uh, should have had another MVP candidate there. Gazdag. Gazdag. Yeah. yeah. Uh, coach of the year. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. What's if you can pinpoint a why to the success, what would it be? It's a team. You know, I think that we're a group that believes uh, 11 guys working together can beat any group of individual talent. And I know we scored a lot of goals and we defended really well as a team. Um, but we really believe that um, with our team success, the individual awards come. And, and we've been fortunate to get them this year. Um, and obviously now we go on to a, a pretty big game coming up. Jim, that's a lot easier said than done. You guys were like 27th in the <laughs> league in spending. I mean, you don't spend money and you still get uh, ridiculous productivity out of these players. I would, I would say we spend in a smart way. Um, we spend on things that, and I've never even said this publicly yet, but our, down to our, our, our field that we have now. When, when players come to our, the surface that we have, they bought some new innovative hybrid grass that, that plays a lot faster and it takes teams to get used to a little while. And you look at our, our goal record at home, like these little things that we are spending a million dollars for that surface, right. you know what I mean? There's different things. Our academy, we spend a lot more than other teams. So, um, look, of course, we all see the, the salaries and that is a piece of it for sure. And you look over and you go, gosh, how are we going to stop these guys that are $15 million players from Atlanta or Toronto or, you know, and it is a challenge each mm -hmm. week, but it's one that instead of, um, you know, making a an excuse about we like to roll up our sleeves and and use it as a challenge and, and, and kind of be a rallying cry for us. Three finals that you've lost. Yeah, tough. Open man. Cup finals. Yeah. You have a big final now. Yeah. Uh, what can you take from those finals yeah. to help you this weekend? It's a great question. And look, I've had an ownership group that stuck with me through some tough times, right? Some some tough seasons. We did make manage to make finals. Um, playing in those games, as you know, uh, is is what you play the game for. There's the pressure's different. Everything's magnified. Um, I would say. I would say the Houston one is the one where we're probably the favorite going into yeah. it, and we when we let ourselves down and, and we took it on the chin. That was the the one bad one. The other one, we were happy to be there in Seattle, and could we were close, and then you had the PKs against KC, yeah. could go either way. Um, those all hurt like crazy. They they still hurt, and I still think about them all the time. Um, but if you don't want to get to those games, you know, then what are we, what are we talking about? So I'm, I'm happy that we're back in another final. MLS Cup final is different than Open Cup finals. I, I, I think right. we could all agree. Um, the, you can see just by the amount <laughs> this, <of tension>. yes, <laughs> this going on now um, that it is bigger and it's the biggest game in our club's history. And we're, we're proud to be here. Listen, you come from a new coaching tree, yeah. if you will. Bob Bradley, mm -hmm. Jesse Marsh, there's you. I'm sure there's going to be Michael Bradley, mm -hmm. probably some other guys, maybe Tyler up in there some, yeah. at some point. Uh, 
talk to me about the influence and maybe your future because it's MLS right now, but you've had a ton of success. Where do you see yourself in the future? Yeah, look, um, I think so much of this game, of course, you need talent to get in the door, um, but so much of it's timing and luck. You know so many great players that we played with and grew up with playing that maybe just were on the wrong teams at the yeah. wrong time. I got lucky. I got drafted by Chicago. Bob's the leader. 15 of the guys in that locker room are now coaching GMs or yeah. you know what I mean? So. I got lucky, you know, I was a 20, 20 year old kid out of college, had no idea what I was doing, but wow. I was in an environment. It's not just luck, I mean. I was, in, I was in an environment though that they made you think like a coach the second you got in there. And the arguments we would have on the training field and in the film sessions, um, you couldn't help but become a coach. You know what right. I mean? So that was huge for me. Uh, as far as the future, look man, I, I'm, I'm gonna be the guy that's gonna get in trouble saying this, but what if this is the league? You know what I mean? Like everybody wants to say. You think this will be the league? I do. I do. Um, I really believe that, and I'm going to get made fun of for saying things no, like this. But when we've, people we've go, heard, we've heard people in Europe say it as well. People say to me now, they they they'll be like, "You do you want to go to Europe?" Okay, Europe's a it's a broad topic, right? right? Have, have you been to Sweden's? You know, some of the facilities that are that are there. That's a great league. There's great teams, but yeah. it's. It's not all as glamorous so as Man United. Do you not want to go to Europe? I would love to test myself if okay. it's the right situation. There's no question about that, Herc. But look, I, I, I laugh when everybody you know, just dismisses Europe's instantly better. And, and it, I think if you give well, it time. Well, they're talking about top tier. Of course, yes. the top tier it, it is. And right. I concede, no, I'm not naive. Correct. But I also do look um, with the, like I said, the ownership groups that are in this league now, mm -hmm. right? They don't lose, right? They're going to win. You know, these are winners uh, yeah. in every facet of their life, men and women that don't lose. Uh, the stadiums, the yeah. facilities, the players that are coming here, again, the coaches that are coming here. Why is it so crazy that by 2026, this isn't the top league in the world that, that a lot of the top managers over there are saying, I want to come I here. don't doubt that in the future, yeah. Major yeah. League Soccer can go there. Yeah. You can get there. I mean, yeah. we're, how far into the future? I don't want to argue with you. No, <laughs> no, no. How far, how far into the future is another case. Uh, I, we want to talk about your future. Yeah. The U.S. Men's National Team, you ever thought about that? Does, is that? is that a dream of yours? Of course, of course. But look, um, you know, Greg's done an amazing job there. He's a friend. He's a peer. Um, at someday, if that came up, that would be amazing. I, I love my work in Philadelphia. Um, we still have work to do, right? I think that this weekend would, would um, you know, be a real proof of concept for, for what we talked about and trying to grow and build and winning that first MLS Cup. Um, but, yeah, look, I'm, I'm happy where I'm at. I always want to test myself, though. I always want to challenge. And, um, you know, if the right job came up, I'd always be open to it. But I still I love Philadelphia. Um, it's my hometown. My kids are in, in high, just starting high school. So it's <laughs> you're in it's, the thick of it. <laughs> it's, 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 it's pretty selfish to just uproot everybody yeah. and say dad wants to, you yeah. know. You it's know, a family you know decision. It, yes. it sure is. So, Absolutely. Um, so that's something that also weighs into it. Uh, before I let you go, uh, Jesse Marsh, yeah. uh, your buddy. Uh, you know him yep. very well. Yep. He's had a lot of ups and downs yep. in his coaching career. Uh, big game win against Liverpool, first yeah, uh, victory huge. in 22 years. Yeah. Uh, really quickly, uh, what you've seen from Jesse and maybe how – that's inspired you to maybe take that chance because yeah. it's not that easy. No, for sure. And then Jesse's brave. You know, um, you know, uh, I know Jesse a lot better than than most as a teammate because I know everyone who played against Jesse hates him. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. That's just the way it is because he was a winner on the field. Yeah. He's the same off the well, field. Except for Chivas USA. Chivas? Again, we're going to argue. Western Conference champions. I we was had there. some good teams. I was we in the same stadium. I was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, but no, look, Jesse's a winner, you know, yeah. and he's taken the risk. He's gone overseas. He's, he's, he's basically... You know, he's blazing a trail for American coaches over there. So, you know, we're, we all pull for him. Obviously, the win against
against Liverpool was incredible. Uh, and if there's a guy that can kind of navigate the good times and the bad and deal with the yeah. press and all the different things like that, he's an expert in that and he's a good person. So, yeah. um, which I keep saying are, are dying breed in this game. You know, when you meet good people, you know good people, and Jesse's one of the best. And he's uh, uh, the top coach that I think our country has right now, and he's, he's, he's proving that over there right now. Okay. Uh, last question. You are going to play against the final against a very good team. Yeah. They have a very good player in Carlos Vela. He yeah, pretty much so. caused both goals uh, against Austin FC. How do you stop Carlos Vela? Uh, the answer to how do you stop Carlos Vela is you don't. Okay. He's not stoppable. Okay. Um, what you can do with a player that, that is that talented is, is you can try to control where he touches the ball on the field. Um, can you make him play square and backwards? Because when Carlos faces you up yep. and plays forward, very he gets difficult. on that left foot. It's party's over, so you know we'll have to do our best to to obviously, you know, have some players in position to help double team. Um, you don't want to get beat by the best players on the other team, right? You want to try to. I'm going to get myself in trouble saying <laughs> names, but look, you don't want to have the best player be the one that, right. that beats you. You know what I mean? So, and Carlos is 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 a top player, so you can't stop a guy like that. But you can kind of try to hope to contain him as best you can, limit where he touches the ball, um, try to be as tight to him as possible. Easier said than done from the sidelines, as as you try and get on that left foot, and he's so clever and can draw fouls. Um, so it'll be a real tough task. But look, man, I'm excited. It's a it's a real challenge for us. We're probably the underdog. You know, if you go by Vegas or yeah. whatever. You want to go by and playing in their home stadium. Um, it's not often you get the two best teams in the league playing in a final and the two best fan bases. You know what I mean? So I, I, I strongly believe that um, their fans are, are incredible. Uh, it it kind of brings the best out of players in this stadium because you better be up for it or else it's going to be 3 0 pretty quick. So um, they have a great supporter section and one that. I'll just say cheers just as loud when they concede a goal as when they score, and that doesn't happen in a lot of stadiums in our in our uh, in our league. Well, very true, Jim. Thank you so much. Thanks man. so You've much, man. Thank you, Hercules. Jim Curtin, now in his ninth season with Philadelphia, now a two-time MLS Coach of the Year winner. He won it back in 2020 as well. Herc bringing up those Chivas USA memories. Uh, right now, let's bring up another question, Herc. Is Jim Curtin at this moment? The best American manager, period. No. Ooh, I don't even. Who's better? Who's I better? I don't think he's the best American manager in MLS. Okay. I, I think he's a very good manager. Let me talk about Jim Curtin for a second. A very good manager that does a lot more than other coaches mm -hmm. with much more of a budget can do and have done. That's mm -hmm. a reality. Four finals in eight years, uh, two supporter shields, uh, two coach of the years, with, with, what was it, 27th highest budget in Major League 27 Soccer? 27 out of 28. 27 that, out that of 28. That is insane. And, and mm -hmm. it takes a special kind of manager to get that kind of productivity. But in Major League Soccer, and I'll just speak on Major League Soccer briefly, uh, Greg Vanny, for example, is an anomaly, something you don't see. He's reached, I believe, three MLS Cups. He's won uh, one of those MLS Cup, Coach of the Year, CONCACAF Coach of the Year, Supporters Shield, Canadian Cups that he's won. Uh, uh, he was coach of arguably the best MLS team of all time. Mm. Uh, I go with Greg Vanny, but if you have to go just American period, yeah. You might have to go with Jesse Marsh there. Yes. I think he is the man of the mo moment. Excuse me. Yeah, I would agree with that. Like, if I were starting a team today, I think it would actually be between Marsh and Curtin. Vanny's a great shout uh, and a very good coach and has had lots of success. But I think for me it would be, be between Marsh and Curtin. And I would go Marsh just based on the variety of experiences. Like, 
we, we've talked about Jim Curtin a lot, but he's only ever done it in Philadelphia. And I feel like that's that's something that's important yeah. until you can go somewhere else and do it. And I know Marsh has gone other places and, and failed. Right. You, you can point at Leipzig, but you have to acknowledge as well what he did at Salzburg. And, and, and yes, I think we have to acknowledge now what he's, that was Leipzig as well. Yeah. And, and I think we have to acknowledge what he did at Leeds, one, yep. keeping them up. And then uh, so far, so good in terms of what he did over the weekend, getting that that big win against Liverpool at Anfield. So to me, Marsh uh, just gets the nod over Jim Curtin. Now, I'm interested that you threw Vanny in there. Go ahead. No, I'm just, I just want to say and throw it out there that people need to also realize that a big reason of why Jesse Marsh is thrown around in circles as a U.S. men's national team coach down the line is because he's American. If you mm-hmm. take away Jesse Marsh's profile picture and the name and you just mm-hmm. put where he's been, it's probably not going to stack well against others. Okay. Okay. It's because he's American that people bring up his name for the U.S. men's national team. Now, he still happens to be the best American coach. It just mm-hmm. doesn't mean that he's a quality candidate if he's not American. Curtin, uh, 43 years old. I like the question you asked him about Europe. Sounds like he's not, like, obsessed with making that jump, right? And, and wants to prove himself at that level at the right opportunity, but seems very comfortable, and I don't mean that in a bad way, uh, about Philadelphia. What, what did you think about what he said about Major League Soccer and being one of the best leagues in the world in 2026? Well, he said it was going to get him in trouble, and, yeah, it'll probably mm-hmm. <laughs> raise a few yeah. eyebrows. Yeah. But it's something that we've heard from a lot of people, not just Americans. We have hear Europeans coming here all the time talking about how great this league can be in the future. Listen, Brazil's supposed to be the economy of the future, and it always will be. Let that not be Major League Soccer. Okay. Jim Curtin, then, and the Philadelphia Union getting ready to travel to Bank of California Stadium and face off against LAFC uh, in MLS Cup. Let's talk about the game itself, Herc, uh, and the home field advantage that LAFC will surely have. How big a factor is home field advantage in this game for LAFC, and do you think that maybe it's time, Herc, for MLS to reconsider the fact that they don't play finals at a neutral site. We can get into the into the element of parking and how that's going to play into this later, but those, those first questions first, Herc, how big of an impact is home field for LAFC actually this weekend? Well, home field for any team is massive, and more so for a team like LAFC hosting a final. You want it to feel like a home presence, mm-hmm. not hostile, but for your team, and you want the opposition to know they're not at home and they're not going to be comfortable. So it's crucial in any game, more so in a final. But you can't talk neutral side. You can't talk this and that unless you address the parking situation because I'm of the train of thought that this neutral site Super Bowl style kind of thing doesn't work. It's, okay. it's do what you do now. Reward the team for their regular season by hosting something like an MLS Cup. Okay, so uh, the parking situation that we're alluding to is there's a college football game happening right next door to Bank of California Stadium on the same day. And so there's not going to be parking, Herc, uh, for LAFC fans. When we talk about a neutral site, this is exactly the thing you would avoid if you had a neutral site. Because you would lock up a neutral site, in theory, a year in advance. Mm. You'd lock up all that parking. When you leave it to this, Mm. to, oh, whoever is still in it can host it. That's when you run into these situations where you don't have enough parking for your title game. For me, it's actually a really bad look for the league. I know you think it's actually going to play an impact on the 
on the atmosphere this weekend. You think these parking problems could impact the, the atmosphere, and I guess they're for the game, right? Yeah, it is a bad look because it makes the rest of the world look at this and say, wait a second, you're being affected by a university, not knowing what the university level mm-hmm. or the game, football game, Regardless, means. you don't have parking for it, your it's final. It's a bad look. Regardless. It's, it's, a ter- it's, a small, it's a small time look for Major League Soccer mm-hmm. here, and it's, a, it's no fault of LAFC. Uh, Will it affect? Yes, I do believe because this is Los Angeles and everybody shows up late to L.A. So if you want to create a home field advantage, what if in the opening half hour it's not full? What if in Mm. the opening half hour it's not a great atmosphere and Philly takes advantage? That said, I do expect it to fill up before the game is over. It is Los Angeles. It is going to be a great final. One versus two. The two best defenses in the league. And they're trying to prepare for it. And I mean trying to prepare for it because they're offering 50% off concessions if Mm. you show up early before the game. Right. I mean, just to be clear, right, the reason that MLS no longer plays at neutral venues, because they used to at one point, is because they were worried. It was terrible. No, they were worried that if they didn't have the right teams there, they wouldn't sell out their final. It would be a really really bad. Do you you think that's still the case, though, Herc? Do you think that's still the case, Herc? That was was 10 years ago. If if you put another Colorado versus Dallas in Toronto, yes, that will still be the case today, Sebi. In the winter, yes. Well, that's that's a big MLS problem because the NWSL in Washington, D.C. just sold 20,000 tickets for a team from Portland and a team from Kansas City. You're telling me MLS with 17 years of a head start if MLS can't sell out a 20,000 seat stadium for its title game in a neutral city, then that's a big problem for MLS. That tells us that 27 years in this league doesn't matter, Herc. That's what you're saying? That's what you're getting out of this? This yes. parking situation that 27 years into this, yes. it doesn't matter? Yes, Come if you're on, telling Sarah. me, if you're telling me that MLS at a neutral venue cannot fill a no, stadium for no, its title game, no, that's I pathetic. am telling you that pathetic. what you said, two teams that aren't of relevant fan bases in that market won't sell out. Yes, I agree. If you have Dallas versus Colorado in Toronto, again, it will not sell out. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. 
Let's stay with MLS Cup and we'll focus in on Philadelphia and specifically Andre Blake, the 31-year-old Jamaican international, your 2022 MLS Goalie of the Year, becoming the first player to win that award three times. He also did so back in 2016 and 2020. Blake this year led MLS in clean sheets with 15. The union also allowed the fewest goals ever in a 34-game MLS season. For all that, Andre's reward, this conversation with Hercules. Andre, thanks for being with us, man. Thank you for having me. Uh, Andre, you've been in Philly since 2014. What does it mean to you to be in MLS Cup? It's an amazing feeling. You know, I can't really explain how I feel right now. You know, it's the biggest game in the club's history. You know, what a moment. You know, we had a great moment last week. You know, winning that Eastern Conference Championship, you know, and um, we're just enjoying the moment. It's a difficult question, but how does this team, how is this team different from the teams of the past, like 2020, you know, like Supporter Shield winning teams? How is this team different? I think we have grown and um, we have become better defensively and, and also we have more people scoring more goals <laughs> and we've just become more clinical and I think that's the difference. You know, you guys are no stranger to finals. You've been in Open Cup finals. A few of them. I believe three of them. How have those experiences, not winning them, maybe helped you grow into what will be this MLS Cup final? Yeah, sometimes they say you have to lose before you win, you know, so being in those big games and, you know, not being able to win, it's, it's always tough, you know, but you, you can really learn from those games and you can really take that experience and if you're a true competitor and a true winner, you can really take those moments and really learn from them and use them to grow and, and to get better and, and, and as a player and as a, as a club. Andre, give me, give me an example of one of those moments because there are people out there watching us and maybe are thinking like, what, 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 what kind of moment? How can you grow from that? Yeah, so for me, I, I remember at once I was in five finals. You know, I think it was two Gold Cups and three Open Cups and I've lost them all. You know, but in those moments, you can, you can either get bitter or you can get better. You know, you have to really learn from those moments. And if you're a true competitor and you want to win, you know, you're going to get up you're going to go again, you're going to really look back and say, okay, what I didn't do so well, all right, how can I be better? And you, you're not going to stop. You're just going to keep going after it. Well, not only did you get better, uh, your team got better. You personally voted best 11 this year in Major League Soccer. What does that mean to you? It's, it's a great feeling, you know, as the goalkeeper, you know, in these tournaments or in a league, whatever season, you really need your goalkeeper to, to be able to make plays for you and, and for me, you know, I'm always happy when I'm able to do that. You know, for me, again, personally, I always try to get better every season, every year. And, you know, I have this philosophy, once you don't get scored on, you know, unless it's a knockout game that can go to penalty, you're not losing the game. So if, you know, for me, my my job is to try to not get scored on, and then you're always close to winning the game. You know, you know, I used to play goalkeeper back in the day. Mm -hmm. I mean, back, back in the day, I started out as a goalkeeper. <laughs> but I didn't like the feeling of, of feeling like it's always on the goalkeeper. It's so difficult to be a goalkeeper. What I mean by that is you can do well, but you don't get the recognition. Let's take Thibaut Courtois. Ballon d'Or voting, he was seventh in the Ballon d'Or voting. You were third in the MVP voting. It's got to be difficult knowing you have to do more than everybody else to kind of get recognized as a goalkeeper. Yeah, it's tough, and, and if you make a mistake, <laughs> you, you know, quickly you get recognized for that. 
But um, we all know what we were signing up for, you know, as goalkeepers, you don't really get as much praise as you deserve, you know what I mean? You can make 99 saves and, and you know, one goes, goes in and you lose the game 1-0, you know? So we know what it is, you know, we know what we're signing up for and, you know, we just have to to do it regardless and, and, and maybe sometimes you'll, you'll really get, you know, the recognition that you deserve. Why has Philly been so successful this year? We have the, the culture that we have created in Philly, you know, it's it's a winning culture. You know, we have a group of guys that, you know, hungry, you know, we stay humble, we know what we want, and we just go for it. Tell me about Jim Curtin, his influence on that. What's he like as a coach? He's a, he's a Philly guy, you know, he knows what he wants, you know, he brings in the players to fit the system, you know, and he, he's such an easygoing guy, you know, it makes you want to play for him, he, he respects you, and um, he gives you your time, but you just know when it's work time, it's work time, he's a great guy, and I, and I think he deserves all that he's, he's earning right now. There are few teams as good as LAFCR at home. You're playing them at home in a cup final. What do you expect? tough game <laughs> this is going to be the the hardest game we've ever played you know um they're a very good team they're playing well they're playing at home it's going to be loud you know um we're the underdogs here you consider yourself the underdog i mean you guys have the I've same heard amount of points yeah but i think i saw the um the predictions and the, the percentage and all of that you know and um i think people have us as the underdogs does and that bother you no <laughs> I enjoy it. I love it. You know, and um, there's no pressure for us. We're going to go in and we're going to have fun. It, I have you as my GOAT in MLS goalkeepers. Mm -hmm. You're very young and you're already there for me. Three, I mean, you've already won three uh, Goalkeeper of the Year awards. What's next for you? Uh, do you? Do you aspire to be in Europe? Yeah. You know, it's, it's been a dream f from when I was younger. You know, and um, I'll, I'll never let go of that dream until I'm, uh, I retire, you know. But right now I'm here, and that's what I can control. So, you know, they said, you know, bloom wherever you're planted. You know, I'm here right now. I have to make the most of this. I have to be in the moment and keep getting better. Andre, thanks, my man. Best Thank of luck to you. Thank you for having me. Bloom wherever you're planted. All right, Hart, you said it there poet. in the interview. Is Andre Blake the best goalie in MLS history? Nick Armando wants a word. Tony Miola wants a word. Your boy Kevin Hartman, El Gato, wants a word. Hart. Make yeah, you, the case for Andre Blake. You forgot Stephen Fry. He'd I was like about to say, well. Sounders TV, Stephen yeah. Fry would like a word. Yeah. What's the one thing that all of those you mentioned have mm -hmm. in common? Uh, they've all won an MLS Cup, which Andre Blake has not yet. Yes. Yet. Yes. But when I look at just pure ability, mm -hmm. what it takes to be a goalkeeper, mm -hmm. shot stopping, crosses, distribution, just keeping the ball out of the net, this kid is a freak of nature. Yeah. He's 31 years old. I have never seen a goalkeeper like him in Major League Soccer. Testament to that are the three Goalkeeper of the Year awards that he has to his name right now. Mm -hmm. Goalkeepers are playing right now. Until they're much, much older. This this kid is only 31 years old, and I know that made the name. Just 31 sounds a bit old right now, but he does. Got, it does. He, he could play for a lot longer if he'd like. The question about going to Europe is valid yeah. because I think he's got that talent level. But I have. What never, about the age? What about the age? 31. Is that too old for Europe? There are certain levels of Europe. Okay. Um, 
I don't think that's going to be of the age to attract top teams and top leagues. Mm -hmm. No. But you can go to a top league, mid-table, lower, whatever you want, and work your way, maybe have a good season, get noticed, whatever the case may be. But when it comes to just goalkeeping attributes and ability, I have never seen a goalkeeper like Andre Blake in Major League Soccer. That doesn't mean he is a winner because, and I'm not saying he's a loser. Doesn't mean he's a winner like some of these other goalkeepers that have won Major League yep. uh, Cup or MLS Cup, excuse me. Um, but I don't think he needs it. I think you've seen him and you see his ability and you can tell he's something special. Three-time MLS Best 11, four-time MLS All-Star Andre Blake, uh, let alone what he's done with Jamaica. He mentioned those Gold Cup Finals 2015, 2017, the 2017 Gold Cup. He was the, the Golden Glove, the best goalie in the tournament there. And, uh, Herc, I think it was you that, that put me onto it, this Captain's documentary over on yeah. Netflix. Yeah. Uh, Andre Blake features in that, some great yes. behind-the-scenes footage from Jamaica's qualifying run. And you really see Andre Blake, I think, uh, in his element at his very best there. Let's get back to LAFC, Herc. Uh, and their midfield is where we'll focus here. Not Kellen Acosta. Oh, no, we're going to book it first. Let's book it. Let's, uh, let's make some bets here, shall we? Let's make some bets. I'm in. Final, Saturday, Bank of California, LAFC, Philadelphia Union. We're each making two picks here, Herc. Right. What's your first pick? All right, uh, my prop pick, it's that there will be no goal score, and that plays plus 1,300. Now, listen to what I'm going to say. No goal score in regulation time. That means it'll be a 0-0 game in the 90 minutes of regulation time. This is the two best defensive teams in the league, number one versus number two. Finals are usually nervy. They're usually cagey. Uh, cagey, excuse me. I think we're going to have a lot of that going on. Two very good and well-coached and structured teams. And the payout is just massive. At plus 1,300, it was too attractive not to go. All right, second one, okay? It's Daniel Gazdag, uh, who uh, mm. we'll talk to him in a bit. To score or give an assist, to score or give an assist, and this one isn't in 90 minutes. It's in the 120 minutes as long as there's oh, going to wow. Days. Okay. This is a guy. This is a guy that scored 22 goals and had 10 assists in the regular season. Just come, came off of scoring a goal. He finds himself in great positions or finds teammates in great positions. Later on this match, and I think in extra time when you need it, I think he'll come up with one. Uh, one play that can be the difference and get you your money. Wow, okay, so it, well, if I'm understanding here, basically, you think Gazdag's going to score, but it's going to be an extra time, right? Or assist in extra time, yes. Okay, all right, a Gazdag well, goal or assist. Or you can do regular time and get paid either way. I'm trying to get you paid. In extra time, right. But over 90 minutes, you think you think it could very well end up scoreless. Well, that's how usually finals are, right? <laughs> they're, yes, they're scoreless, totally. they're cagey, they're defensive, and at plus 1,300, just the payout's too nice. Okay, so I, I'm with you on that. I'm not as aggressive. I, I looked at the under... Two and a half in this final, about as safe as you can be. Uh, and I found it there at plus 135. I kind of like that payout. Uh, I do think this will be under two and a half over 90 minutes. Uh, I could see a goal. I could maybe see a second goal for one team. Uh, I could maybe see an equalizer, but I don't think we're going to get much more than that. I think Andre Blakey goal is a big reason why. Uh, but I think this is a final, and like many finals, you'll see teams that don't want to take risks don't want to see themselves hurt, want to hang around in the game. And because of that, I think we'll get uh, under two and a half goals score. Again, paying out at plus 135. Now, you had a goal or Herc, or an assist for Daniel Gazdag, right? And that was yeah. paying out at, at plus 130. I'm just going with an anytime goal 
for Dennis Bawanga, and it's paying out here at plus 175. I really, really like this pick. Now, if I'm thinking of, of LAFC's kind of three most likely players to score, right? It's Bawanga, it's Chicharango, it's Carlos Vela. Carlos yeah. Vela's at plus 140. Chicho's at plus 115. So actually, the best payout of the three is Dennis Boanga at plus 170, 175. It's moving around a little bit. Uh, I, I think Boanga is probably the most likely to score of the three. Um, so I'm going to take him there. I think Dennis Boanga, for what we've seen so far in the playoffs, red hot. And Herc, for me, he has that combination of like physical explosiveness and technical ability that we don't see a ton of in this league. Very dangerous player, hot at the right time. I'm taking him at plus 175 for an anytime goal. If you want to be more aggressive, plus 500 for a first score or last score on Dennis uh, Bowanga. All right, Herc, time to pick a winner. I couldn't really make out who the winner was going to be from your picks. So who do you think is going to actually take home MLS Cup when it's all said and done Saturday at Bank of California Stadium? Yeah, I know where you're going to go. But for me, I'm I'm consistent. I'm just thinking about this. If you have a team that's been consistent the whole year, Mm -hmm. who has the goalkeeper of the year, the mm-hmm. defender of the year, a snub who pays, plays in that attack that should have been an MVP candidate, wasn't, and ended up being in the best 11, and then the coach of the year, and they're a defensive team that all of a sudden can explode offensively as well, that plays gritty, sometimes ugly, they will tell you themselves, but just grinds you down and knows how to win. At plus 300, I will take Philly, because that's a good flyer. LAFC is supposed to win this game. It's going to be a fracaso if they don't win this game. They're playing at home. But mm. a 1 o'clock game, sunshine on your back when you have to roll up the sleeves. And you know how it is. We were with them union workers. Uh-huh. I think they could do some damage <laughs> at plus 300. It's a good bet. All right. He sees value there. Plus 300 for the Philadelphia Union to win MLS Cup. I am going the opposite direction. I'm taking LAFC. They're paying out at minus 135. Obviously the favorites. Huge payout. Your, your, bet, your bet's not going to pay out as much. Um, it's, it's not quite the home run swing that Herc has. But listen, I'm consistent here. I picked LAFC against the Galaxy, did it again against Austin. <laughs> I'm going to keep with it here. Uh, LAFC, your supporter shield winners at home to win MLS Cup. Ooh. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Plenty more MLS news. It's time from the award category. The league handing out the MVP award this week. Your winner, Nashville's Hani Mukhtar, with 23 goals. That was tops in all of MLS. His 34 goal contributions 
which for those keeping track at home, adds up to 23 goals and 11 assists, was the fifth most all-time single season in MLS history. He got 48% of the vote, ahead of second place Sebastián Driussi, third place André Blake, fourth place Chicharito, and fifth place Chicho Arango. Now, not everybody, Herc, was in agreement. Certainly not Diego Fagundes, who is backing his teammate Driussi on Instagram. Now, Driussi only got 16% of the vote. Diego Fagundes on Instagram and Mize, you were the MVP, but like always, Austin gets robbed. Herc, what do you think? Are we telling Diego Fagundes to get lost? Or is there some truth to the case that he's making? Man, this one hurts. I'm gonna tell Diego Fagundes to get lost. I love yes. the story, but mm -hmm. gotta get lost here, my man. I mean, everybody in Austin has picked up this idea that they mm -hmm. are disrespected, mm -hmm. that there should be more respect than a team that lost 21 games last season. That you should respect what we're doing. It starts versus the world. Fine, okay, it gets you going. But this is a regular season award. Honey mm -hmm. Mukhtar had more goals and more assists. It's a regular season award. I don't know what to say. Who went further? Juicy. They lost in the Western Conference Final. But I repeat, this is a regular season award. One guy had more goals and more assists. Was more important, not only to his club, but to the majority of people out there because it was a landslide vote. Yep. Like, yep. I, there is no question here, so I don't know why everybody in Austin is up in arms. They feel disrespected. I don't get it. I hope the fan base doesn't feel that way because they're the only ones who shouldn't yeah. feel disrespected. They no. knocked it out the park this year. Yeah. Uh, this is the Austin, you know, MO. We've seen it all playoffs, so it's not surprising that Diego Fagundes, one of the leaders, uh, is kind of leading this champ. But as you mentioned, man, I think uh, Diego Fagundes well off the mark in his criticisms of the MVP Voting there. We got more from award season. The MLS Best 11 out this week. Andre Blake, your goalie. Defense. Walker Zimmerman. Kai Wagner. Jacob Glesnys. Midfield. Mukhtar Drusi alongside Daniel Gazdag and Lucho Acosta. Your forward line. Carlos Vela. Jesus Ferreira. And Brandon Vasquez. Four Philadelphia Union players. Only the 2001 Miami Fusion had more on the MLS Best 11 team. Herc, everybody complains about Best 11 choices. What about you? Are you cool with these picks? I mean, I don't want to complain, but like, how could I be cool with something so illogical? Can somebody explain to me how Chicho Arango gets nominated as an MLS MVP mm -hmm. and Javier Hernandez Chicharito get nominated as MLS MVPs and they don't end up on the best 11, like mm -hmm. something is wrong here. The process is flawed. I, this blows my mind. Not that I'm advocating for Chicho Arango to be an MVP or Chicharito to be an MVP, because I think neither of them had a case uh, over Daniel Gazdag. That, that's the truth, neither of them. But Gazdag's on the best 11. Mm -hmm. Where are these two if they were nominated MVPs of this league? <laughs> it's just laughable. So if I had a question about this best 11, it would be who is going to play defense in oh, that midfield? Oh, well, Mukhtar, Driussi, Gazdag, and Lucho Acosta is to say that the number six position is entirely irrelevant. And to that end, I would ask, is Carlos Vela really the most worthy LAFC player in this best 11? If Philly got four guys based off an incredible regular season and LAFC had a better regular season, I think there's probably a few more players that you could make the case for an LAFC to like be who? in this best 11. Uh, Ely Sanchez, Chicho, mm. I think has probably a better case than Carlos Vela, mm. if we're being honest. Uh, Carlos Vela went 12 and 12, one of the most productive 
players in his position. Uh, and if you watch them play, you know how important he is to their overall creativity and overall uh, play for LAFC, a team that won a Supporters Shield. So I don't agree with that argument. Ilya Sanchez, eh. the sixth position, eh. who's going to defend in your virtual makeup reality world? I don't know, Seb. You don't know. As often is the case here on Football Americas, Hercules Gomez, a man without the answers. All right, I'm told uh, that we're ba basically done talking about MLS here on Football Americas. Oh, no, we do have to do this. Are you sure we have to do this? We have to do talk oh. about DC United. Uh-oh. All right, uh, DC United in the headlines. MLS is calling an allegation that DC United's Taxi Fontas used a racial slur toward Inter-Miami defender Damian Lowe back in September is credible, but the league is also saying it could not independently verify the allegation and would not be issuing discipline to Fontas or DC United. At the time of the incident, you'll remember Phil Neville said it was a, quote, racist comment and followed that up calling it, quote, the worst word in the world. Herc, uh, you love misfortune for DC United. Not like uh, Penny, this. for your thoughts here. Sad. Sad mm -hmm. for DC United fans mm -hmm. as well. Um, credible. Racist comments. They found the victim to be credible. Mm -hmm. But they're not going to do anything to who said those racist comments. Yes. I, I, I don't understand where we're going from this. It's, I believe you, but that's what it sounds like to me. Like they're making excuses for this player, for DC United, for themselves, and it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate because, in my eyes, from the people that spoke, it seemed to be an overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly amount of evidence where it proved that there was a racist act, and they still won't act. Yeah. Uh, we need clarity here. That's the bottom line, right? Like, a DC United fan, you want clarity here, and the MLS is not offering that in this in this explanation. The allegations are credible, but you can't verify them. Honestly, Herc, and you might have more insight into this than me. It feels like a CYA with the union. It feels like they're scared. They're scared to make a suspension here and, and go head to head with the union. I bet that's what it is. Because otherwise, what, what's the point of this statement? It's totally sitting on the fence. MLS has done nothing but kind of throw mud on an already murky situation. What union? The players union? What, what, yes. What, what, side the players of the, union. what side of the union are they going to represent? No, it's, That's it's a good question. Yeah, if you're the players union, right, who do you want to back in a, in a situation like this? There's another uh, topic here with DC United as well, Herc. The club was fined $25,000 by Major League Soccer because it did not fully meet its obligations under Major League Soccer's diversity hiring policy. This, of course, has to do with the hiring of Wayne Rooney. The policy, Herc, uh, requires that the finalist pool include two candidates from underrepresented groups and one candidate must be either black or African-American. And as reported by The Athletic, Herc, DC United met with two qualifying candidates, but only one interview qualified as a finalist pool, uh, hence the fine. More bad news, Herc, for DC United. These Muppets actually thought the Rooney rule meant hired Wayne Rooney. Right. And I'm, I'm, I'm joking not to cry because it's mm -hmm. so sad. It, it, it's so sad that in a game that is so diverse, so rich, you wouldn't go out and cast that net. You wouldn't go out and see what's out. All you have to do is interview said candidate. They wouldn't even do that. As somebody who represents an underserved community and how important representation is for us at all levels, at all levels, it, it, it saddens me, it infuriates me, because I know mm -hmm. how difficult it is, because I have quality 
I have friends that could be quality candidates. You have DeMarcus mm -hmm. Beasley, you have Aguchi on Wayu, who have been trying and knocking on doors for so long, trying to have these opportunities, and they get overlooked. Resume, it's there. I mean, credibility, it's there, but they keep getting overlooked over and over again. And when you're in this position and you see this happen, I don't even know what to say. I have some thoughts, Herc, on, on DC United, but quickly on, on MLS. I think we need to give them credit for monitoring their version of the Rooney rule. But the fine here, $25,000 for millionaires and, in many cases, billionaires. billionaires. I mean, who's that going to deter from doing this? If they want to go hire a white guy, they're going to do it because $25,000 is nothing to these guys. Herc, nothing. It's a drop in the hat, Sebi. It's a slap in the face to everybody here. I mean, if it was a substantial fine, great. But it's not. It's just saying, well, we, we find them. That's what it's saying. Mm -hmm. We find them. There you go, people. Uh, as far as being a DC United fan, this is just the latest humiliating chapter. Of course, uh, this year we had the wooden spoon. I've mentioned many times Audi Field. It's the worst new stadium uh, in all of MLS. You got the club now not living up to these diversity standards in a city like Washington, DC. I can tell you that is not going to go over well. This team is going to pay for that uh, with their fans here in the nation's capital. This is really, really bad. And it is the legacy again of Jason Levy and the owner. And for anybody who wants to doubt that when you have rot at the top, it filters all the way down to the bottom. And I mean the very bottom. I'm going to ask production to pull up the full screen that our stats and information group made about not just DC United's struggles this past season, but Loudoun United's struggles in USL uh, as well. Because these are the two organizations owned by Jason Levy. And DC United, last in all of Major League Soccer, 27th out of 27. Loudoun, 24th out of 27 teams in USL. They were outscored 13 to 1 in their last three games. That, folks, right there is Jason Levian's legacy as an owner. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. According to Gibran Araje of 2DN, got a call from FMF President Yon De Luisa and Mexican manager Tata Martino recently, who made a last-ditch effort to convince the 33-year-old to return to the Mexican national team for the World Cup. Now, according to Araje, Vela could not be persuaded, maintaining his longtime posture that he's done with El Tri. Here's Vela earlier today with Herc and Mao on Ahora Nunca. No, la verdad que me enteré apenas hoy, en la mañana, 
que me comentaron los compañeros de oye qué pasó esto no sé qué y le dije, ah, pues no sé con quién fue o sea no pasó yo siempre lo he dicho yo tengo mucho respeto sí. hacia el Tata hacia los directivos porque con ellos no he tenido un problema con ellos no no he tenido algo donde pueda decir algo malo sobre ellos al final yo siempre les he deseado lo mejor he dicho mi postura cuando tuve que hablar con sí. el Tata y hasta ahí, no sé por qué quieren seguir buscando donde no hay. ¿Pero te buscaron? ¿Sí te buscaron? ¿O? Yo me los he encontrado en el All-Star, al Tata alguna <ríe> vez he platicado con él casual sobre cualquier tema, claro. pero hasta ahí, nunca ha llegado nadie a decirme, oye, toma, claro. esto, y, y no pasa nada, es que no, no sé por qué quieren buscar donde sí. no hay, ya sabemos la gente que va a estar en, en Qatar, y lo que hay que hacer es apoyarlos. No hay claro. que seguir buscando que claro. se ve la chicharito. No estamos, no somos... Casos cerrados. Casos cerrados, los que están, están. Desearles lo mejor, apoyarlos y desearles que, que les vaya increíble. All right, Herc. Is it something, nothing or everything? FMF. Begging Carlos Vela to come out of retirement ahead of the World Cup. Well, it's everything because of the confusion. This report says that somebody from FMF, and mm -hmm. they didn't clarify, is Tata Martino, Jami Ordiales, the new uh, sporting director there, or president of, of Selecciones, uh, reached out to him trying to convince him to come back to the Mexican national team. And we asked Carlos Vela, and he's like, no, I don't even know what that's about. That, that didn't happen. And he was almost himself kind of like, Ugh, about it. So this is everything because of the confusion. It's everything because these reports by this certain network don't just happen. They are leaked. They are leaked from from somebody within. Mm -hmm. So I firmly believe somebody tried to reach out, whether that was successful or not, or whether uh, it got to Carlos Vela or not, I, I don't know. But so what do you think? That, this was an effort to put pressure on him. But the fact that this is out there shows me how desperate they are, Sebi. Mm. They're grasping at straws. They're looking for anything at this moment because, quite frankly, right now, they don't think what they have is enough. Yeah, I think it's it's... Probably a fair assessment, right? They're looking around, they're looking at all the injuries. And Tata Martino in this moment of desperation is saying, yeah, uh, can I get Carlos Vela to come out of retirement and maybe help me? We always talked about this, Herc, and, and you always kind of left this little sliver of hope. You said, as long as Carlos Vela's still balling, that door is never really going to be closed. And, and here you are right. And yet what we learned is that at the end of the day, Carlos Vela does really not want to be with the Mexican national team because the thought was, well, he doesn't want to go to qualifiers. He doesn't want to be away from his family. But maybe if you just made it really, really easy for him, he might play. No, no, no. This would be the easiest of all, right? Just show up to the World Cup, ball out, spot is made for you, and still he doesn't want that. That tells you how far away from reality it is that anybody who has a thought of Carlos Vela representing Mexico again in a big tournament. Yeah, you know how much I love to be right at your expense, <laughs> but, but not, not on this one. I mean, this is a player that was spurned and spurned hard by the Mexican Federation at one mm -hmm. point, and he is over it. He wants nothing to do with the Mexican national team. You could say what you want about Carlos Vela, but you have to respect the man. You have to respect his decision, and it is what it is. Case closed, he said it himself, but the fact that so many, the mm -hmm. fact that the Mexican Federation, if this is true, is still trying to reach them. Like, that speaks volumes to me. The action speaks volumes. Yeah. They are so scared, so nervous that what they have is not only not enough, but that it may be so historically bad that they all get fired. Can I can I tell you, I don't mind the action. Like if I'm if I'm analyzing Tata Martino or FMF, I want them to turn over every stone in pursuit of making this team as good as possible. If there was a 1% chance they felt that Carlos Vela would say yes, I'm, I'm glad that they called because I don't really see 
what you lose by making this call. But I do watch your show in Spanish, Ahora Nunca, and I did hear what Mauricio Pedrosa said. He said it will hurt the other players in the locker room. What message does it send to them basically saying, hey, this guy's been retired for three years and we're still desperately hoping that he'll come and bail us out. Will the players in the locker room see this and be bothered by it? Do you believe that? If there's a player in that locker room that feels comfortable right now with their position in the Mexican national team, Mm -hmm. that's the problem. And that's why they are where they are today. Uh, as a footballing nation heading into this World Cup with so much uncertainty, so much doubt. You need the best players. And you had Juan Carlos Osorio here on this very show say, I want the best players playing in the best possible uh, positions and in the best possible rhythm heading into this World Cup. All right, uh, we got more controversy in Mexico. These controversies come from Tata Martino's comments about Hector Herrera and his move to Major League Soccer. Let's listen in. Tengo una altísima consideración de Héctor como futbolista y me parece que tiene, si me pregunta, si él, él no me preguntó, pero si me hubiera preguntado, vengo a Houston, le hubiera ah, dicho que no. Eso te iba a preguntar. Sí, él, él, no, 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 hubo pero, intervención no, 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 no hubo intervención. Probablemente no te pero, gustó. Pero, se... pero no, no se lo hubiera dicho exclusivamente por el tema selección, se lo hubiera dicho porque él claro. era, era un desperdicio que él no siga compitiendo en el alto nivel. También entiendo hay una cuestión de cansancio, de fatiga mental, son muchos años, hay, también, vida, hay un sí. montón de situaciones. Pero la verdad es que a mí me parece un desperdicio que ese tipo de jugadores no sí. se queden jugando en el alto nivel, porque cuando juega es un lujo verlo jugar. All right, Herc, Tata Martino, calling Héctor Herrera's time in Houston a waste, a waste. Uh, shots fired from Tata at MLS, or was it at Héctor Herrera? What do you think? Uh, both. I think it's directed at both. They are shots fired. Are they warranted? That's a different question. I actually asked. Carlos Vela about this, and Carlos was adamant that if he was a Mexican national team coach, yeah, he had his reasons. He, I'd want my players playing at the highest levels as well. I mm-hmm. want 30. I want 50 of them playing in Europe at the highest of levels as long as they can. But guess what? These are humans, and they decide what's best not only for them, but for their families. Mm-hmm. So Hector Herrera, and this is Carlos Vela saying it, chose that at his age, 33, turning 34 years old, wanted to and saw a good opportunity to go play in Major League Soccer, then so be it. But Tata Martino, shots fired? Sure. Are they warranted? Also, because as a coach of the Mexican national, of any national team, Mm -hmm. you want the best possible team. And yes, guess what? Being a player that plays in Europe means you are a better player than if you play in Major League Soccer. Highest of levels in Europe, I should say. Sure. Look, if, if the last story made us think of Mexico's desperation, this story makes me think of Mexico's desperation as well, because this to me is a reflection of Tata Martino looking at that roster and saying, wait a sec, this guy could be playing at a place like Atletico Madrid, and he's at Houston Dynamo? Well, okay, I got a bunch of other guys that are playing at the elite levels, right? No, that's the problem for Tata Martino. Yeah. If he had yeah. 10, 12, 15 guys at the elite levels, he wouldn't be talking about this. You know what else would stop him from talking about this? If Hector Herrera right now looked great, if Hector Herrera had come to Houston and balled out, my concern when Achiacha made the move is that even just those few months in Major League Soccer would put him off from being at the elite level for the World Cup. Tata Martino, correct me if I'm wrong, is not saying this if he's not seeing a significant drop in Hector Herrera's game since he returned to Major League Soccer. I can't even tell you it's been a drop in his game. He's not been available. Mm. That's a reality. He's a little older, longer in the tooth, and father time is undefeated, so who knows if it's the level or if it's injury or what the case may be, but it's funny. It is funny 
the hypocrisy that comes out of FMF is, is hilarious to me because Carlos Vela, please come back with us, please, please. Mm -hmm. Yes. Not Chicharito. <laughs> Carlos Vela, it's okay for you to play in MLS. Come to us. Not Hector Herrera. He's wasting his time. So what is it? Um, so you know Hector Herrera very well, right? Like if I were a player and just before secrets. a World Cup, I heard my coach saying this about me, I I'd be a little hurt. I'd be a little hurt. Now maybe you say I'm sensitive. Uh, how do you think Hector Herrera will hear these comments from Tata Martino? Because they are criticisms not just of MLS but of the player himself. So you said you would be hurt, right? Yeah, yeah. Or like bothered. So no, it, no, no, it wouldn't no, no, sit no. well with me. S for a second, bear with me. Carlos Vela, same situation, he would be bothered. Maybe there are other players who would be hurt. Maybe mm. there are other players who are a little bit more sensitive and would feel like that's a betrayal. I think Hector Herrera falls along those lines. I think Hector Herrera would see this and feel a little betrayed, a little slap in the face. Do you think, do you think it might impact his playing time at the World Cup? Like, do you think he's still the lock to be the huge piece for Tata Martino, or do you think this is a little bit of a, of a warning shot that, hey, Achiach is not at that level y'all think he's at, and he's not going to play the role in Qatar? If he is healthy or anywhere near health, mm. he will play uh, yeah. because the, the dive or the, the step options. on Yes, the, the options. It's a Charlie Rodriguez mm -hmm. or it ends up being a Luis <laughs> Romo. I, I don't think that's where he wants to go with this. All right, questions about Hector Herrera, but not nearly the type of questions, Herc, that we have about Raul Jimenez, who is a big injury doubt ahead of the World Cup. We all know he's been working in Mexico, trying to get healthy, then went back over with Wolverhampton to try and continue his recuperation uh, ahead of the World Cup, where all Mauricio Imai has been uh, with the team during their European journey. He went from Girona to Wolverhampton to speak with Raul and get a proper Injury update. Let's hear the latest from the Mexican number nine. ¿Cómo va tu recuperación? ¿En qué, en, en qué momento estás? Va bien. Ha sido un poco, bueno, no, más largo de lo esperado, la verdad. Este, pero va bien. Estoy trabajando con balón, eh, separado todavía del grupo. Pero ya hago calentamiento eh, con, con el equipo, ya puedo hacer varias cosas, pero todavía ya cuando es eh, algo ya para competir, todavía no estoy, no estoy para eso, pero bueno, se espera que esta semana eh, ya esté haciendo más integrado y ya pueda estar en mejor forma física. 19 días quedan para, para el debut contra Polonia. Sí. ¿Te, ¿Te desespera saber el poco tiempo que queda para ese partido? Es algo que pues al final eh, va en contra, pero también es una motivación de, ok, falta esto, pues tengo que estar lo antes posible porque, a ver, también la lista eh, se entrega el 14, me parece. Entonces, si parece, entonces eh, yo mismo no me siento en condiciones, ¿sabes qué? Hasta aquí llegué y desearles toda la suerte del mundo. Raúl Jiménez talking with our Mauricio Imai. All right, uh, I don't know that it's good news there, Herc, but it's not bad news necessarily. Are you any more hopeful that we'll see Raúl at the World Cup? I, I think this is terrible news. Mm. You're telling me he's got 11 days till that mm. list comes out to prove that he's mm. fit? Seb, if I had stopped playing a, a regular season and I just cold turkey because I was trying to nurse something and you said 11 days from now you have to be fit to yep. play the biggest event of my sporting life. There's mm -hmm. no possible way that in 11 days I am fit enough 
to help this team in a starting role capacity. And if you're banking on me coming off the bench or waiting for me to help you with any kind of uh, minutes out there or hoping that I can get to 100% while this tournament is still going, wow, what a scary position for Tata Martino to be in. Because you have to decide if you're going to take Raul Jimenez, who's been yep. your go-to guy from the beginning, or if you say, you know what, I'm sorry, you did a valiant effort. It was a valiant mm -hmm. effort trying to get in shape, trying to be there for yourself and for us. But this is as far as we've come, and you can't go. Uh, it sounds from the interview there like the player himself is willing to pull the plug on this if he knows he's not going to be ready, right? Like, that must be for a player, for, for Raul Jimenez especially, who has been waiting for this World Cup. This was going to be his World Cup. That's got to be a brutally impossible position to be in because it's clear the technical staff and even, even the federation staff are going to wait to the last possible minute. It seems like the, the one with the clear and cool head here is going to need to be Raul Jimenez. Otherwise, they're going to take him and just, and just hold out hope, burn one of those 26 spots. Yeah, yeah, because in 2014, it was Chicharito and Oribe Peralta. In 2018, mm -hmm. it was Carlos Vela, Chicharito, and Oribe Peralta, and Raul at some capacity. This was supposed to be his. He was supposed to be the man. Uh, not too long ago, Almost 18, two years ago, 18 months to two years ago, he was one of the best nines in the world. Not my opinion. Those are mm -hmm. statistics. <clears throat> Playing in the best league in the world, performing in the best league in the yeah. world, putting up numbers like one of the best forwards in the world. After that unfortunate incident, he's been a shell yeah. of himself. Now today, 11 days out from giving a list, yeah. it's, it's not looking good. We talk a lot about how injuries are going to impact this World Cup, and we're focused a lot on the injuries that have happened in the last weeks and last months. That injury to Raul Jimenez is going to have the biggest impact of any, I think, uh, on this Mexican national team. All right, let's run it back, Herc, because there was some good news for L3 fans today in Europe. A huge goal for Santiago Jimenez as uh, Feyenoord had a big win in Europa League. The 21-year-old Mexican international entering the game in the 63rd minute, and he scored in the 64th minute, the game winner in a 1-0 victory over Lazio. Feyenoord wins their group. Herc Santi, if he is on the bubble, this will help. Yeah. They win their group. They were in last place in their group until this goal went in. My man could be on his way to Qatar, and Mauricio Pedrosa could be on his way to the tattoo artist That's to get that right. ink on his pompey. That's right. Paging mouse, ink man. It's the fourth goal for Santiago Jimenez in Europa League. He is averaging a goal every 43 minutes in European competitions since making the move abroad. We got more goals, this time Herc, from an American international. Haji Wright, his eighth goal of the season for Antalya Spor in Turkey. Yeah, you almost have to feel bad for Haji at this point. My man just keeps bagging goals week after week. And he's not really in that convo. It's, it's Josh Sargent, it's Ricardo Pepe, it's Jesus Ferreira right now, regardless of whether people want to say it is or isn't. And Jordan Peefock. Like, nobody's talking about Haji. You have to feel for him. He trails only Ener Valencia, the ex-Tigres man, in the Turkish Golden Boot race. Not all good news for U.S. fans. We got the injury watch. Although this isn't bad news. Cameron Carter-Vickers won't miss significant time. He did miss Celtic 5-1 uh, loss to Real Madrid on Wednesday. But the U.S. can't afford any more injuries at center back. So good to see CCV won't be missing any extended period of time uh, for Celtic ahead of the World Cup. More schedule news now for the U.S. men's national team. They've announced a pair of January friendlies in Los Angeles. 
post-World Cup, January 25th. It'll be U.S. against Serbia at Bank of California Stadium. And then three days later, on January 28th, it'll be United States against Colombia from Dignity Health Sports Park. So two January friendlies set then for the U.S. men's national team in Southern California after the World Cup. Herc, uh, have you heard of this? Uh, the challenge coin. Apparently for every World Cup since 2002, the U.S. team has produced a unique challenge coin. They hand it out as gifts by players and staff. This year's coin includes the words Be the Change, inscribed in both English and Arabic. The Be the Change initiative was launched by U.S. players in 2020. And as it pertains to Qatar, the team has taken some steps towards driving change in the host country. There's obviously been much criticism of Qatar's human rights record, especially when it comes to migrant workers. To that end, the U.S. team hired a compliance officer to meet with hotel and other vendors on a weekly basis to ensure they are compliant with Qatar's labor laws. The team is also committed to displaying rainbow flags and messages of inclusion at its night before parties. This despite the fact that homosexuality is illegal uh, in Qatar. So the U.S. men's national team uh, in many ways taking a stand as they head to the World Cup. The roster reveal November 9th, Wednesday, 5 p.m. Eastern Time Live on ESPN2 and ESPN+. Plus. Kay Murray hosting alongside Taylor Twelman and Jermaine Jones as we find out the 26 players that will represent the United States at the World Cup. And immediately after that show, live on ESPN+, Plus, we will have a very special edition of Football Americas. All the reaction to the choices Greg Berhalter makes. Some special guests as well as we get ready for the World Cup in Qatar. All right, uh, more schedule news, in fact, here, Herc, is the U.S. women's national team has also announced a pair of friendlies for January. Probably should call this a recon trip, as the U.S. will play New Zealand twice in New Zealand. On January 18th, they'll play in Wellington, and then on January 21st, they'll play in Auckland. Of course, Australia and New Zealand are next year's World Cup hosts, and all of the U.S. group phase games will be played in New Zealand, so a good chance for the U.S. women's national team to check out their surroundings. Long before then, it's the USA against Germany, the runners-up from the European Championships this summer. Two games against the Germans, first November 10th in Fort Lauderdale, and then Sunday, November 13th from Red Bull Arena on ESPN and streaming live on the ESPN app. It's the USA against Germany. Julie Foudy and I on the call for that one. And that'll do it for this edition of Football Americas alongside Hercules Gomez. I'm Sebastian Salazar. As always, great to have you along with us, Herc. We will be back on Monday's show. Full reaction from MLS Cup between LAFC and the Philadelphia you Union. will be. React no, I'm not coming out. I'm not coming out. I'm sick and tired of you. Uh, we got reaction to USL Conference Finals. We got USL League One Championship, NISA Championship. We got a lot for you uh, on Monday show. What are you What are you crying about over there? Uh, you, what is he so upset about? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I don't ask too much.